Good evening, Cabian. Thanks for tuning in tonight to the Pod of the West Wind with your host, Matt Gallinson. We got a brand new guest tonight for a goofy chat to bring that Cabian spirit to your own home. Tonight, I have the Count of Canoeing, the Baron of Beard, the Margaret Thatcher of Thack. Everyone, please welcome Matt Thacker. <laughs> Matt, how are you? Uh, really amused. <laughs> it's, it's I like the last one it's funny because um there was a while when my parents um they weren't sure if I was going to be a boy or a girl and they were talking about what names they were going to give me if I was a girl uh-huh. and they uh you know we're talking about Margaret for a while and then they just really didn't want to have a child named Margaret Thacker Margaret Thacker would have been a little too close to home <laughs> that would have been yeah I was born in 96 so that would have been like a very hot hot take that's so, you know, I was thinking of, of words for leadership that started with a TH and, and honestly, Margaret Thatcher was the first one that came up. Everyone should look up Margaret Thatcher, you know, if you don't, if you know, I like know the her, Sultan you know. of Stoke. The Sultan of Stoke. Oh, I should have added that one. Okay. Consider that added. You're definitely the Sultan yeah. of Stoke. So Matt, what's been up? You've been at home, right? Where's home for you? I'm living at my parents' house right now. Uh, I moved back here when the hotel I was working at over the winter closed. So I've been here since late March, um, which is in Schenectady, uh, just outside of Schenectady. That's in New York, right? That's one of those. Yeah, upstate New York, near Albany. Oh, yeah. Um, Yeah, Schenectady, Troy, Albany, that's all the same area. Very cool. You know, all those New York towns, I don't know if any campers are from upstate New York, but they're very hard to pronounce. Schenectady is... It's spelled like something you wouldn't even believe. There are Scanajah or Canajahari. That's a weird one. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. A lot like Vermont, which I, I've been living up in um, the Vermont New York borderland area, and I will say, like when you kind of go between the two states, they they really don't seem very different. It's it's very much like a kind of a kind of continuum. Yeah, like right along Lake Champlain. Definitely. I'm, I've actually been working up yeah. on Lake Champlain. Beautiful lake, you know, not quite comparing to Wittipasaki, but, you know, it makes do. So, Matt, I have a big question right off the bat. I really want to know, mm-hmm. I've known that I've known you through the climbing uh, counselor phase and the canoeing counselor phase, and I want to know which one speaks to you more. I've actually also done kayaking uh, and bears as well, uh, and I think oh, yeah. out of all of those, bears is definitely the one I enjoyed the most. The Bears program started as an extension of what I think used to be called the Owls Outposts. Um, and the idea was that it was for older campers who were really dedicated for trips, they could sign up for a session and just do trips the whole time. When I was a camper, I participated in the, the Bears program that ran prior to the one that I led. And that trip was only based on hiking and canoeing because that's what the staff there were interested in doing. And we did two kind of longer two week chunks of that. Versus when I led it with Terry, um, we did it much more in a kind of multi-sport style. And we, you know, moved from base camp to base camp and did a whole bunch of different activities ranging from whitewater rafting on the Kennebec Gorge to rock climbing to a, a four-day canoeing and fly fishing trip on Lake Umbagog. We did, what's on Mount Adams? There's a big slide. What's it called? Oh, the big slide. I'm... I was just there. I didn't visit the slide, though. I can't remember. Um, well, we did that, and that was a really incredible hike. Um, you go up through the ice caves, or you can go up through the ice caves if you choose. So we you guys that. really are, like, in the classic sense, adventurers is what it's Yeah, like. just kind of doing ev- all, everything the TRIPS program has to offer um, within reason. It uh, pretty much will never include whitewater kayaking, 
um, mm. because camp just doesn't have the gear to support a Bears program doing that and also a whitewater kayaking trips program. Well, that makes um, sense, yeah. But besides that, it's kind of, you know, depending on the interest and capabilities of the campers, you know, everything that the trips program has to offer all bundled up into one big package. That's absolutely, it's amazing to me because I mean, like it really is a certain side of camp. Is, uh, there, there, there are always those kids who, you know, you, you come to camp and you're really just looking for the adventure spirit, the trip spirit. And it's always been a fascinating program to me. And it's funny, you mentioned the Owls Outpost. We actually had just had an interview with Carl Metzger and Jim Camerlin who were talking about the early days of the Owls Outpost and how that became the Bears program eventually. It's really interesting that you mentioned that history there. So was I, was I generally correct in what I said then? If you have from what From what I hear, you're spot on. Absolutely. Oh, that's you know? that's I mean, great to hear. Um, so, <laughs> so Matt, um, tell me, I've heard your beard has a mind of its own. And I have always been wary to ask you this. I'm not exactly sure, but can you tell us a little bit about what it's been like uh, living with a beard with a mind of its own? You know, it's an interesting concept because I feel like the mind of my beard exists primarily, you know, in the consciousness of others um, and okay. not so much in the beard or in myself. Uh, in that it's 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 a personality that's almost projected onto it. Um, you know, sometimes you talk to your car. I do. I do occasionally. Yeah, because your your car is your car is nice, right? You like your car, and you you want your car to like you. So you you say nice things to your car. And people <laughs> like the beard, so they say nice things to the beard. Well, I'm sure many many conversations at camp have revolved around it, it specifically. So I, I I think I think I understand what you're getting at here. And, and what's funny is I, I, th I think that camp beards have become a little bit of a phenomenon, especially this series. You know, we talked to the Duncan boys who are always uh, down with the beard, as it were. Um, and, I, and I think what's really interesting about camp is like, it's a place where the beards run wild, right? In, in the truest sense, because like, I know I've grown a beard at camp. I, I think many people have grown a beard at camp, but yours has always been a constant in a way that I think most people who are trying it out, they look to it as a sort of a beacon. You know, and, and, and that's just, it's absolutely valued to say the least. So I think that one of the biggest reasons why the beard spreads at camp uh, is the ability to be lazy about it. And in that respect, I would argue that my beard is the ultimate champion of that because my beard primarily exists because I hate shaving. Well, here's um, a crazy thing is I love shaving. What, what about shaving? Wait, do you okay, dislike? could you... Could you, yeah, could, I would really be curious to hear why you love it. I just don't see what's appealing at all. It's so, just okay. a task that you have to deal with, and it's annoying. So me, myself, <laughs> and I, we shaved today. And to be honest, like, the things that I would say were the best parts of it are, you know, it's something that, yes, you have to do. But in a way, you're running this nice little razor over your face. It makes you smooth. You can put on this thing called aftershave, which I don't know if the boys know about yet, but it makes you smell great. It kind of stings gently to know that you're alive. Very it's pleasantly. Just, it's very nice. It's a nice feeling. And I like it because it's like brushing your teeth real well. When you really put in those two minutes and you really, really get those teeth squeaky clean, that's the feeling of shaving for me. I guess. Um, I definitely feel that. Um, you know, we always say in the paddling department, clean teeth, clean lines. Got <laughs> to promote oral hygiene somehow, you know? Yeah. I mean, thank God we're not savages. <laughs> not like us. <laughs> Sorry, what were we talking about? 
I think we were talking about shaving, but I have a question now, oh. and this reminds me because you mentioned the, the paddling department. Did you, okay. the, the bear claw clearly has become an iconic symbol in the canoeing department specifically. The bear claw? The bear claw, the, the, the brown raise claw. your hand and go, that That's kind of brown thing. Claw. That's brown, brown claw. That's brown claw. Oh, yeah. pardon me. I, I, I had forgotten, but I, I want to know, did you, was that entirely your brainchild? No, that's like, that is a, just a thing in the kayaking community. That's not, oh. that's not me at all. Yeah. Oh, um, okay. I didn't has, know that. I mean, I just like, I just like doing it. Well, I mean, I'm sure everyone else likes it too. <laughs> I like it. I mean, it, it's, it's very, it makes me want to go on kayaking trips. And, and then I remember, you know, oh, I can't sign can't sign up for kayaking trips anymore, but you, you know, it's, it's very exciting. But I also have days that, off. like, if we're talking about, you know, and I'll just gas you up for a little bit, like talking about the perks of your trips specifically, I would, I would imagine that the culinary aspect of your trips is also not, not to be ignored. And I'm wondering, um, out, outside of camp, have you been keeping up your, uh, your cooking endeavors? Oh, well, first of all, I appreciate that. Um, I like to argue <laughs> that, our trips food is among the best trips food in camp because okay, all I'll trips food is good trips food when you're hungry. Ours is perhaps a little more gourmet and sophisticated and conventionally delicious. When one is camping in a car, one can make beautiful food. That's what they say. I That's know. the same. I would kill for some of those van banana pancakes. Oh yes. Oh yes. <laughs> you don't like smushed white bread? Um, but, um, going past trips, um, in general, uh, during the off season, when I'm not at camp, I, I do work as a cook. That's my, my job. I work as a cook okay. at a hotel in Alta, Utah. Um, okay. so I cook, you know, so, so you work in Alta. Um, do you, you must be in touch with Sam Dyer then. Yeah. So I work at the same hotel that he does. He brought me out there originally. Um, when I graduated college, I wasn't exactly sure uh, what I wanted to do, but I knew I didn't really want to kind of look for a conventional job or uh -huh. um, I don't want to say use my degree but use my degree um, in a certain <laughs> sense I've always re really loved uh, you know the mountains and being outside I grew up snowboarding um, but mm -hmm. I actually have a really bad ankle um, part of why I'll never be hiking staff huh that's a bit <laughs> that's a big tidbit right there those are deets that campers wouldn't get anywhere else right here and so what um, what kind of foods do you cook um, so the way we work at the hotel is we cook both a breakfast and a lunch buffet for the guests um, so that they can kind of grab and go while they're skiing. They like to kind of eat quickly and move on. Um, okay. And then we also do a four course fine dining meal for dinner. Um, and I work kind of both sides of that switch, but more often than not, I end up working the hotline. So cooking the entrees uh, okay. for, the, for the dinner part. Very cool. And I bet you've learned a lot through doing that, huh? Yeah, that was the, the first professional kitchen I ever worked in. And it's been it's been super helpful. Um, I had a lot of fun um, last uh, summer during family camp, actually, um, after having worked in there, getting back in the family camp kitchen, which I've worked in before, but I've always kind of felt clueless getting back in there and really feeling like I knew what I was doing. It was really fun cooking with Mark, making a lot of good food. Absolutely. And I mean, for everyone who doesn't know who Mark, Mark is uh, Ken's brother, and he's He's the chef extraordinaire, really, as it were. And it's interesting to me because a lot of my friends at camp, you and Seth Cannon included, and really many people are quite interested in cooking and, and quite good at it. Um, yeah, Jesse actually, um, this most recent winter, um, worked yeah. at the Peruvian kitchen as well. He worked oh, wow. In, he, he, had, he, had, he had the same job I did. 
technically. That's so cool. It's a generation of, of culinary counselors. Yeah, Jesse. You know I mean? So my first season at the Peruvian, Sam and I lived in this one particular room together. Um, uh-huh. And my second season, Jesse and I lived in that same room. Very cool. I love the idea, and I'm sure counselors do too, of, of counselors getting together in the off season. It's really nice. And that's actually one of the things about camp that I really, really do appreciate is all of, all of the people cultivate off-season friendships. And there's just so many examples of both campers and counselors who really do seek each other out during the off-season. And it, it, it really shows you exactly how deep the connections at camp go. I think, it, I think it, you know, speaks to the intentionality of them too, you know? Like, Absolutely. When you're at camp, you're, you have a veritable smorgasbord of, like, really fun people <laughs> you that do. choose to be your friend. So like the ones who who end up who you end up being really close with tend to be really awesome just because the bar is kind of set so high. And and um, and what's cool too is like there's no um well I guess there is downtime but what I mean is like a lot of the times in modern life we find ourselves meeting people and having the comfort of for example the phone right or or a larger group of people who aren't quite there's like no like, there's barrier no barriers can, there like yeah exactly. There's nothing exactly. to like hide behind as much. And so you really do make genuine friends in a way that it's very hard to come by. And it's one of the most valuable things for Cape, about Cabian that I've found in my life going forward is that the people that I've met there when I was, you know, from 10 to, to 19 really do stick with me for my life. And that's, and that's fascinating to me. And it's, it's amazing. For sure. And like, I didn't even know you until... Um, our first year on staff together when you were, I think, 17. Is that correct? Exactly. I was, I was 17. Yes. Well, um, actually, you know, I was 17 and 18. I turned, I turned 18 you turned in the summer, 18. but okay. Semantics. Um, <laughs> yeah. Either way, our, I was 19 that summer. So we're, we are, we are very close in age, but we had just mm-hmm. never known each other. And like you had started at camp right after I finished. And like, I would consider you like one of my better friends, like just in general, like, you know what I mean? And it's. Absolutely. And, and, it's, and that's so interesting too, is because like, such a Cabian thing right there because it's, it's, it's and you know we only a, we only spend the summer together and then you know we do get together occasionally outside of camp with you know with other with other friends of ours as well but that's a relatively short period of time compared to the rest of the year exactly which is such but an you know intense what? it's very concentrated and it's very intense all at once right and and a lot of campers listening to this don't exactly know what the counselor experience is but I'm here to tell you that it's it's in many ways quite similar to the camper experience whereas you it goes you by are, so fast oh my god so fast so fast but also so emotionally and intentionally like you said um and the and, and the fact that you get to kind of be the the leaders of camp in a way with the campers that you grew up with it's 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 an absolute honor and it's and it's absolutely something that i won't get again in my life it's it's a, it's a wonderful way to way to do the summers and i hope to as long as i can for sure. Absolutely. Strongly agree with that. So Matt, I have good news and I have bad news. The good news is that that was an amazing conversation. I think we really got both to the heart of it and the uh, arm of it and the leg of it, really. Quite the whole really, body Really, when you it. think about it, it's actually all in your torso. It's um, all in the torso. That's the true. arms are just, are just struts that connect your torso to your paddle, Mac. <laughs> <laughs> it's all in the rotation of your torso and your hips. <laughs> the bad news is that we are unfortunately out of time for this segment, but oh, I really no. appreciate everyone who has been listening so diligently to this podcast. I appreciate Matt Thacker for coming on the show, and 
Um, I'll have to wish everyone a good night for right now. Um, but you know, we'll be back next week with a whole brand new guest. Um, Matt, thanks for coming on the show. It was really great to talk to you. Oh, thanks for having me, Mac. It was really good to talk to you too. Oh yeah. Have a great night. Uh...